Hello, welcome to episode 15 of Sitcom Geeks and a Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I'm Dave Cohen and I'm joined by the original sitcom geek, James Carey. Hello. And producer, <laughs> Katie Storey. Hello. And what better way to start the year than to talk about the new shows to look forward to and to discuss what commissioners say they're looking for. I note my emphasis there on the word say. I not necessarily mean that they are looking for those things. Joining us once more is the Times comedy critic, Alex Hardy. Hello. Which is fantastic because Alex has an amazing knowledge of just about every new show being made. Okay, now it's time to uh, look at your first ten pages. Uh, remember, we've been asking you to send in your uh, sitcoms, first ten pages of your sitcoms. Quite a lot of you have, and keep sending them. We love reading them, and we love reading out and talking about them, and we hope that uh, you enjoy listening to what we have to say. And uh, this week, we're going to be looking at a sitcom called Cinematic by Lloyd Glanville. Um, so this is a sitcom. Thank you for sending it, Lloyd. And if you want to send yours, it's sitcomgeeks.gmail.com. There are some rules, which would be good for you to look at, um, which if you go on our Facebook page, and you'll, you'll find where you can both read the ones that we're talking about. So you'll find this one there. And also what the rules of engagement are for sending us yours, basically so that you don't accuse us of plagiarism. Um, but uh, Lloyd Glanville grasped the nettle, seized the moment, carpe the DM, and sent us Cinematic which is set in Globovision Cinema. You have Eleanor, who is a very keen person who is working there and talks to camera, or we can hear her voiceover talking. She goes to see her boss, Vanessa, and Vanessa says, we might get to do a premiere, to a film premiere. It's between us and one other cinema. And so they decide that they're going to go and try and make sure that they are the cinema that is chosen, because it might mean that Colin Firth could turn up and then we have two other characters called Leo and Flynn who are talking, and one of whom is a real movie snob and the other one likes winding him up. And then we have a big speech from Eleanor trying to get everyone to pull their finger out so that they can win this bid. Uh, this is what, what I really like. We'll start with the positive aspects of this. It's We get it straight away. We get the setup straight away. Uh, the main character, she's... She, She's a big fan of movies in that obsessive way that we know about some people, but she happens to be working at one of these um, soulless cine-type cinemas, so obviously a lot of room for comedy there. Totally get that. Uh, it's all voiceover. That's okay. I've just recently been catching up on How I Met Your Mother, um, the American sitcom. Mm. Um, Why would you do that? <laughs> it's just something that people say, oh, you should watch that. Oh, really? I've never yeah. heard anyone say you should watch that. Oh, well, you know, I've been watching it and it's just mindless enjoyment. Okay. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm, but it just means that I'm fine with, uh, I'm, I'm fine with voiceover narratives and things. And, 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 and it's, it's, it, we see everything step by step. It's great. We get the, uh, uh, it's, this is me, this is Eleanor, I'm this, and this is my boss, and we meet Vanessa, the other boss, and, uh, and, and there's another guy we meet as well, the co-assistant, he fancies himself. Yeah. All simple, all Kevin. clear, yeah. very nice, Kevin. Uh, then we get the two box office nerds, and uh, again, I like them. A uh, little bit of what David Tyler described in our, in our radio podcast as, as people talking mm -hmm. but to be fair they're talking about their workplace and they're working in a cinema and I suppose that for an hour and a half 
of every two hours they have nothing to do so that's fair enough um i felt they were a little bit there wasn't in quite enough delineation between them and also the the eleanor who i'm assuming is the main character because she's narrating it mm. so there's a lot of love of film going on but mm. uh it, it's felt slightly diluted her character i don't know i'd mm. have to read more but that's that's good. That, that's good. It's good. Good characters. I, you know, I'm interested to find out more about them. The only other thing I'd say, uh, I, it's one, uh, it's one story. We got the one story, and that's the story that that runs all the way through the Colin Firth story. It feels like it's going to need another story happening fairly soon. Yeah. I think otherwise, it's and just so like one note. Therefore, I wonder if when um, uh, Leo and Flynn are talking to each other and winding each other up. That scene isn't working very hard for you at the moment, Lloyd. I think you need to kick off another story in that scene. So at the moment, they're just getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. So I think it does need a subplot, uh, and I think that that would be where I would start it. So and because all, and you can do that because you have uh, brilliantly set up your first story on page at the bottom of page three. We know exactly what the big quest is. And that, I have to say, that made me very happy to read that. Yeah. I don't, I don't read many scripts yeah. where I know exactly what the characters are trying to do, not just in life, but in this episode. Mm. So that was great. We um, know that Colin Firth might come to the cinema. If they we can, kind of sneakily suspect that he won't. Yes. Um, so, given that I'm very happy with lots of this and there are lots of nice jokes, um, if we're being picky... My worry is um, it feels a bit like Parks and Rec, um, mm-hmm. and Eleanor is sort of yeah. Leslie Nope. She is. Given that Leslie Nope exists, and you have a character, I don't quite know what to do about that. But overall, there was a similarity in tone, which possibly we just have to live with. I wondered um, when you said Vanessa is kind as well. I thought, hang on, Eleanor's kind. Mm. Everyone seems a bit nice here. It just felt like there might be some character overlap. I did also feel, in fact, the the exact quote uh, when we were introduced to Vanessa. Vanessa has the mind of an inquisitive child. She is kind to a fault, indecisive and inexplicably inexplicably successful. That doesn't tell me a lot about her comedically. But also, don't don't say something's inexplicable, because it needs to be explicable. Mm. And so I think you could have explained it and just said... um, that, that Eleanor would be charitably saying, I think someone left and it was her turn to be in charge or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're, we're familiar with bosses being promoted beyond their level of competence, but I thought you could have... Or there could be a touch of the George Costanza when he, when, when he has this sort of half a series of Seinfeld where suddenly he becomes a successful person mm. and he just, it's like, he makes instinctive... Yeah. Uh, decisions that sound crazy and then somehow they manage to work for him so it might just be she's yeah. uh you know she, she she just makes some amazingly stupid decisions that work out okay so here's my question and i'm going to turn to katie for this because i colin first seems like an odd choice for me given that you've described her as a 29 year old girl i'm not sure 29 year old girls you are not a 29 year old girl katie i know that's a 27 year old girl but um never ask a lady her age i do know that <laughs> Colin Firth seems an odd choice. I think, given the character, it might be quite clever in that it's that kind of classic Darcy. He's not Colin Firth now. He's Colin Firth to lots mm. of women, including me, as the kind of 
95, 96 BBC Pride and Prejudice. Okay. okay. And maybe she's the kind of character who would, yeah. I thought, be quite yeah. into that. And kind of, oh, Mr. Didn't, yeah, didn't bump you. Didn't bother me, no. Okay. No. The, other, the only other question I had is, um, there's a, a slight plausibility issue in why on earth there'd be a premiere at this um, at this slightly run-down multiplex. And I just wondered if a little bit of a line of explanation of that the mm. film is about a local issue or a local area or about a local hero or something would have just bedded that mm. in a bit more for me. But otherwise... Colin Colin just fancies doing something a little bit different. Yeah, you know, just something like that something would like, yeah. just have made it, you know, a little bit more... Yeah, because it's easily fixed and that adds to the story. If the, the other local cinema across the road is yeah. also in the running... That's immediately more interesting, isn't yeah. it? Than... Yeah. Mm. yeah. So um, I would like to have seen um, just a little bit of that, just to bed that in. Uh, there's a little bit of set-up-y, scripty stuff that we've referred to in previous episodes, where she says, kind, idealistic, her naivety gets her into scrapes. She's well-spoken with a professional exterior, but surprisingly feisty when under pressure. Too much exposition about the character. Kind and idealistic would do. Uh, we're assuming that's what gets her into scrapes because mm. this is a sitcom. Mm. Um, a s- <laughs> scrapeless, and we are not in a sitcom. Right? The word scrape is not a nice word to say a lot. And saying that she is feisty under pressure, again, doesn't really tell us anything. Mm. You know, that's just saying that she gets defensive. Well, sure, everyone everyone yeah. gets defensive. So I think you can just give it... Because actually, uh, Lloyd, you know what you're doing and you're showing us this in what she's saying and what she's doing. So... I think you could um, just snip that uh, a bit. Um, and again, a bit on the nose when she says about her boss, as a woman who's reached the top, Vanessa is a role model for me. Um, she can just say she manages this whole cinema. It's so inspiring or something like that in a way that makes you think, oh, goodness me, I can't believe you look up to someone like that. Or... Yeah. So there are a few a few lines where she, where they could just have a little bit more subtext to them. But in a sense, I know that this is a character who tends to say what she feels and doesn't have much subtext. Mm. So, it, you know, it's, it's up to you. But generally, we, we'd like that, I think. I would happily have read the next 22, 23 pages. Yeah. And um, so, Lloyd, thank you very much for thank sending you. us your show. Okay, so 2016. What uh, what's going to be happening in 2016? But first, what do we think uh, people want now? Obviously, it's always a, a danger to second guess uh, what commissioners want, and um, they often what they say is different to what they mean, uh, and they change their mind as well because they're human like us. But it's fair to say that they did. A load of company commissioners got together uh, recently. Uh, at a big uh, broadcast commissioning forum, that's Broadcast the magazine, I think. And, uh, yeah. We there. Yeah. I Alex. wasn't, I'm afraid, but no, I but... read up on it afterwards. And uh, the, uh, this is what they always say, I must say. But uh, mm-hmm. ITV are making comedy. They're, they're making more comedy. That's good. And they're, they're committed to it. But obviously they are also committed to their advertisers. So um, <laughs> whatever else they tell you is uh, money, really, is the important thing. But what's, uh, what, what, what's your uh, view, what they were saying? Well, apparently they're looking for shows with big characters and narrative, which, um, as, a, as a commenter on the online article said, 
that's quite broad, isn't it, and vague. Yeah. So, um, I was going to say, they're not looking for characters, stories with no characters, and, and, more, yeah, and a series of random but, events. Um, yeah. But they, they did add that they want yeah. recognisability, and I, I think we all know that yeah. a lot of the ones that do well on ITV are quite broad, aren't they, and sort of quite... Um, but they're also looking for more naughty scripts for ITV too. So if you've got something naughty up your sleeve... Ah, they're trying to get into Channel 4's bedroom is that what they're trying to do well and she did actually it's um, Saskia Schuster who's the comedy commissioner there and she did highlight um, E4's chewing gum as one of the good examples that um, had a good tone for Mm. ITV2 as you saw ITV2 is obviously left field bear in mind that um, Keith Lemon is uh, consistently show after show that Keith Lemon makes (laughs) gets 28 million viewers um, but I think they are looking for stuff that isn't just Keith Lemon no no and you know, ITV2 is the channel which does plebs you know, and, and, and cockroaches on you know they do they do yeah. make um, comedy you know they do yeah. make mm. narrative comedy and yeah. especially I, I haven't seen much of cockroaches but from what I've seen of plebs that's a yeah. that's a well made interesting yeah. show yeah. can you believe there is a show set <laughs> in sort of ancient Rome on ITV2 yeah. mm. and I know. think Tom Baston isn't a really good writer and I'd like to see more from him so if they're yeah. yes Tom I'd just like to hear more from you pull your yeah. finger out yeah. <laughs> so Channel 4 that wasn't a reprimand no it was a <laughs> compliment no it's reprimand from me <laughs> yeah. Channel 4 what's uh, what um, yes Phil Clark um, at Channel 4 has said he wants to make witty narratives the main thrust and talking about brutally truthful and not always comfortable words such as catastrophe which we've discussed a little recently um, Unlike many other the uh, other commissioners, Phil actually made made lots and lots of comedy uh, over a long period, including shows like Peep Show, uh, mm-hmm. Star Stories. So um, he he's not just a guy who's who's saying the words that commissioners say. He he does have the experience. Uh, other and, and um, UK TV commissioning, they're still there. They're, yes. they're getting. They're doing more shows, aren't they? Yeah, so Simon Lupton's in charge, well, sort of commissioning the editor there, and he's talked about how they're still um, going to pilot sitcoms in three-part runs, so they've had Ball this year, for example. Um, Which we talked about a couple of episodes ago. So they're to, and um, it's a sort of recognisable talent or high-concept comedies that hopefully suck people in. Right. Right. And now to the big one, the one who make mm-hmm. all nearly all the comedy. Uh, well, that actually, uh, I was going to say BBC, but before that, I know that Sky have got a new yes. commissioner, haven't they? Now Lucy Lumsden has left. Yes. And John Mountague is it? Is he yes. now the comedy uh, commissioner? Yes. And he's made quite a lot of comedy as well. He's, um, yes, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he sort of yeah. started in radio as soon as he left university and um, headed up BBC Comedy North for a while. So. It's, yeah. And been involved in making shows such as Ideal, and um, I know that he cares a great deal about the programmes that they're commissioning at the moment. He was so they're they're doing quite a lot. The obviously Sky have their broad big hitters such as Trolleyed and um, sort of that that what's it Man Mount Pleasant. Um, but then he's also been quite involved in things like the silent comedy season that was earlier this year, and the Christmas shorts that they've got out, some some of which are amazing, like the guy the Gaines Family Gift Shop one. Everyone should watch in the horn section. Um, so he's he's sort of done. I think he's done sort of a good job initially of being involved in those sort of broad sitcoms, but also showing that he's got sort of quite an interesting, more experimental side. And hopefully, um, I mean, Sky do do they they have a foot in both, don't they? So it's um yeah, I think it's, it'll be interesting times. But um, mm-hmm. they've got some good stuff coming up. 
He says he wants to commission the British equivalent of modern family. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's a challenge. That would be great. British version of that. So uh, we should talk about the BBC, because they they weren't actually at this big broadcast too, but they had a separate session, didn't they? Um, Yes. What are they looking for? Um, Well, obviously there's lots of different um, emphasis for the different channels, but um, the comedy controller, Chris Sussman, has said that um, in terms of BBC Two, the nine o'clock slot is um, priority and the sh- and channel needs to be more diverse. Um, and BBC um, Four is looking for ideas with more sati- satirical bite. Um, also, sort of Shane Allen, who's the big boss there and big comedy boss there, has talked about BBC wanting big, broad, character-driven pieces that can ideally play to all ages. Um, BBC Two is more eclectic with a strong sense of authorship and performance and they also um, they've showed this year about sort of doing family pieces with a twist such as you mentioned Cradle to Grave recently and um, Boy Meets Girl both sort of been family shows but with a twist Um, and they've had some concept pieces such as Wrong Man's so and things like that but obviously they are normally driven by sort of big big name talents aren't they but, um, and then BBC Three, we've also spoken a little about, but they're still going to do nine or ten long-form sitcoms, which get the BBC Two and one repeats. And um, they've talked about having a grabby concept, new talent, young in attitude and relatability. So um, people just do nothing. Josh, um, Dane Baptiste's comedy feed, Sunny D, are sort of examples of that kind of tone and voice they're looking for. Um, alongside the sh- sort of more topical short form stuff as BBC Three goes online, um, BBC Four we talked about satirical bite, um, but also things like an established talent showing us what they're passionate about. So that's sort of tech-tourists and Brian Perm, I suppose, that have most recently grown up there. It's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Who's got some stuff? Well, <laughs> that's going to write. No, 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 this is important. Okay, and here is why a lot of people who are listening to the show. Um, should disregard virtually everything that's just been said <laughs> because Thanks for coming, Alex. what you need to <laughs> but so these people say this stuff and that's great and they they need to they you know they need they they do get asked what they want so they have to have an answer because if they say just send me something funny that 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 makes them look bad even though ultimately that is the only answer that they can yeah. give and so therefore they're not going to turn down an achingly funny script because it doesn't fit in with what they yeah. said they were looking for three months ago. But also, if you're writing, especially if you're a sitcom writer and the writer performer, uh, and you're working on an idea at the moment, the, what they want now is of, is of no real consequence to you because what you, the first thing you need hmm. is a producer who likes your idea and is going to go and fight for your idea, will also make your idea better and stronger, will give you notes, improve your script, maybe attach uh, some on-screen talent to it. Um, And by the time they've done that, then all of these policies will have changed anyway. One of the channels may have gone out of business or been moved online Mm -hmm. permanently um, or stopped commissioning comedy. So there's a sense... And ultimately, what all of these comedy commissioners want, and and I've written a blog post about this, um, on my on the Sitcom Geek blog uh, in at some point in November, which I've actually had quoted back to me <laughs> by a commissioner, um, because I said ultimately all they want is a project uh, with passion that's well written that they think is funny, and that mm. and but the problem that writers here is the problem when we write something and it's turned down, we are told why it was turned down. And what that then gives you the idea is that you could fix it 
so that they, you could then take it back to them. Or that they would say, oh, no, it won't work because of this or that, or it, it's, it's we, you know. And actually, they just, they didn't like it. They didn't want to do your show. They've all been offered 150 shows. And, you know, one of them stars Steve Coogan, one of them stars Rob Brydon, one of them's been written by Richard Curtis. Well, you know what I mean? They, they've been, you're, yeah. you're competing with all of these people. They can't say yes to everything. So unless they love your idea, then they're not going to do it. And the only way they're really going to love your idea is because they can see in the in the script something that's really funny, something that you're passionate about, something that um, that works, that feels like. I mean, that's what we talked about in the last show about what we liked about chewing gum. Is it really felt like here is a world we haven't seen before that's written really well, really crisp writing, so that we, um, so that you've got a script that is effectively. Um, uh, just sort of advertising what you're really passionate about. If you start working out what they might want, um, you're going to write cynically, and you're going to suddenly write stuff that probably isn't, um, you know, isn't yeah. stuff that you feel passionate about. Getting a sitcom on TV is so hard. It took me 15 years to get a sitcom on TV. I nearly managed it about three or four times, but to get it on TV is so hard. You have to completely, utterly, passionately believe in it. Uh, so what they have said they currently want is stuff that is interesting, it gives you a rough flavour. The producer that you're working with needs to know about this stuff and they need to know the difference between what they say they want and what they really want, what their audience is. But you, as a writer, just need to write your show because they didn't want Miranda. They didn't know they wanted Miranda. Well, you know, They didn't say, we would like a show with a tall lady who is actually quite posh and her mother is even posher and is in love with somebody who lives next door um, and mm. works in a restaurant. They didn't know they wanted that show. So yeah. that's why yeah. I just think a lot of this stuff is very useful and interesting, mm. um, but at the same time, you as your writer, you just have to get your head down and do the show that you want to do. To, to, to be fair to uh, Shane Allen, for instance, they, they, they didn't want Miranda, they got Miranda. Miranda was a hit. And I remember seeing some very similar commissioning thing three or four years ago, and they said pretty much the same thing. We want big, broad, character-driven pieces. Hmm. And they do, and they got yeah. that. And they got Mrs. Brown's Boys, which is not like Miranda. And again, to be fair to Shane Allen, he says, he says, well, the next whatever the next big hit is, is unlikely to be like the last one. Yeah. For example, Car Share is very different to Mrs. Brown. But at the same point, hmm. and this this... So just to emphasise what James and I have been saying a lot over the last few months is, uh, in terms of you know playing percentages, um, you should at least be trying to write an audience sitcom, a big sitcom with a big character that's uh, for BBC One because that's that's being BBC. They're all BBC and ITV mm. and. As far as I know, other people maybe Sky, Sky, Sky are would love an audience for, show. Yeah, they're looking for a hit. They're looking for a hit, and okay, mm. they don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's mm. it's likely to be something with a very big character, mm. yeah. uh, and it's likely to be family friendly. And so that's mm. from that point of view, then uh, your your odds the the odds help you. I would say if you if that's the kind of uh, show that you're writing and yes everybody likes to write the kind of shows that uh, look beautiful um, but and, these aren't, yeah niche shows win yeah, awards that kind of thing that don't that don't get audiences mm. but <laughs> actually you know the companies funnily enough 
mm. want shows that get big audiences. Mm. So that I think that's the general rule. But I, I would agree with you that by and large, as soon as it gets any more specific than that, mm-hmm. then you yeah. just say no. Well, that's okay. Yeah. So, but I mean that does so just to lead us into. Um, well, what, sorry, sorry, nothing yeah. on that. What that does also show you is there are a lot of people buying comedy. Yeah. Um, and it feels a lot better than it did probably six, seven, eight years ago. Mm. You know, now we've got, you know, all four BBC channels buying comedy as well as radio. Always think about radio, listen to our podcast about that. And you've got Sky, who are still investing tons of money in comedy. Mm. And Comedy Central, who are still investing mm. in comedy. ITV. ITV, ITV2. Uh, UK TV generally, you've got Dave, you've got um, yeah. UK Gold, um, you know that's and, and you've got Channel Four, and that's that's a lot of buyers. So there is there is hope, even though it is ludicrously hard to get your sitcom on the air. So let's look at what's uh, what's some so, so specifics coming up in 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex, you don't so much have a crystal ball <laughs> as. Concrete information. Well, <laughs> <laughs> very, very good press releases. Yes, it's Well, it's um. Do you want me to just sort of run through? Just give us the headlines of what's stuff? coming up yeah. and that what you're particularly okay. interested in or excited about. Yeah. Well, Channel Four have got um several impressive projects coming up. We've got um Morning Has Broken, which is Julia Davis and Nick Muhammad have co-written this show about a messed up morning TV host played by Julia Davis. So um the show's um ratings are sinking and so on um. And David Schwimmer from Friends, interesting mm-hmm. casting, is brought in as an American TV exec who's trying to help them get things back together. I mean, Julia Davis is great. Um, we've seen the Hunderby special recently, and so on. I mean, she's sort of she's she's got another thing out coming out as well that's camp, about camping, um, for Sky, which is her first directing um, role, or first sort of major mm-hmm. sitcom directing role, which is that's a dark comedy shot in Devon. Which also co-stars Rufus Jones, Steve Pemberton, Vicky Pepperdine. That sounds mm. quite a lot of fun. So we're going to see a bit more of her. I'm which excited. Is great. The, the most exciting name you've read out so far is Nick Muhammad. Yes, yeah. in great Morning Is name, Broken. Yeah. I just mm. think Nick Muhammad is yeah. unbelievably funny. Mm. So he is, he's yeah. he's the reason I'll be tuning into yeah. that show. Yeah. He's such a good polymath, and he's got so many different skills. And um, they wrote a lot of this show by improvising together. Mm-hmm. So they've really sort of like road tested mm. the ideas with each other, and um, I think it's really promising. Yeah. Um, it's, it's instantly funny, isn't it? He's great. Um, she's great. It's, yeah. it's going to be a. Uh, it will have been a bumper Christmas in the uh, in the <laughs> Barrett Davis yeah. household because I yeah. also see Julian Barrett, uh, Miss, right. Mr. Julia Davis has got yeah. has, uh, has got uh, a sitcom. Yeah, that's with, right. Um, Olivia Coleman. That's right. They're starring as um, in Flowers, which is another Channel Four um, dark comedy, and they're they're the sort of mother and father of <laughs> about an. Eccentric... Sorry, I just I just smacked my head on my hands. There, it doesn't really come across on the radio, but dark, dark everything's comedy. dark. <laughs> and well, everything Julia Davis does is dark. Right? Yes, well, this one's not. This is Julian Barrett. This is Mr. Julia Davis. This is Olivia, Olivia Coleman and Julian Barrett, um, and it's their their the sort of mother and father of an eccentric family who are trying to hold themselves together. This is written by Will Sharp, who's a, quite a young gentleman at 29, and he's writing and directing this. It, um, I've seen a few clips. It looks it looks very impressive, <laughs> which I know yeah. isn't going to reassure you an awful lot, but. Um, yeah, um, the, and they have two twin children who are apparently in this sort of state of absurdly arrested development. So we'll find a little bit more about what that means when when it comes out. But um, I think that's another sort of you know it's a sort of quite they're living quite mm. a crumbling home, and um, I think 
um, there are a lot of secrets and dark past in that house and it's about how things go wrong when you don't admit that things are going wrong. Cool. This is a good comic premise. But, Did um, you see he wrote, uh, so he made the film Black Pond. That's that was, right. That was the film that Chris Langham, Cliff Langham, is that right? I think so, return. yeah. I, don't I haven't seen it. But, I don't know an awful lot about it, but I know that um, Will Sharp was nominated for a BAFTA for Outstanding okay. Debut okay. for it. So mm. obviously a big talent. And um, he also co-stars in this as, um, there's a suggestion that um, the Julian Barrett character, who's a children's author, um, may or may not be having a homosexual affair with his illustrator who is played by Will Sharp so that's another source of tension within the household mm-hmm. um, right. yeah. and Olivia there's... Coleman is just brilliant in everything yes, whatever she does generally yeah and she Always. also swears when she wins awards which is good value yeah. so yeah. <laughs> great yeah um, the, the other thing to mention about Channel 4 or more specifically E4 is Phoebe Waller-Bridge is doing a comedy drama about property guardians so there's a load of a sort of mismatched group of people who live in a disused hospital and all of the sort of tensions that arise when a disparate... property guardians are euphemism for squatter um, well it's a more official kind of system whereby um, you can pay sort of £25 a week okay. rent and then you, so it's these um, derelict or kind of unused buildings. Okay. Where property guardians are people who are, who Preventing rent at a very very low. Preventing spotters. Yeah, so they're, ah, yeah, so yeah. they're sort of anti-spotter kind of spotters. Right. Yeah. But okay. the benefit for them is that they get incredibly low rent. Right. But then the off, oh, that's offset by living in a very sort of sure. alternative world. Um, yeah. So that should be quite exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky have got some Alan Partridge um, mid-morning matters coming up expect, I think we all know what to expect from that mm-hmm. it'll probably be very very good mm-hmm. um, and we just mentioned Camping which is the Julia Davies um, um, I don't think it's called Camping anymore but it's about camping and sort of, sort of sets of couples who are in this sort of camping world. Um, BBC, one thing I'm very excited about is called Mum, and this is the team behind him and her. So Stefan Golosevsky writes, again, I don't know if that's how he pronounce his surname, I think it might be. And um, directed by Richard Laxton. So they're, um, inst- whereas him and her was that sort of insular fat, flat share sitcom, this is called Mum because it's about a mum played by Les- Leslie Manville. It's about after the death of her husband, how the family sort of cope, how they kind of rebuild their lives. So it's um, and it's been called by um, sort of the um, again Shane Allen says that this family is about as baffling as your own. So I think there'll be sort of that recognisable awkwardness that we had in him and her of um, sort of those really excruciating situations. Um, he said there'll be a painful authenticity, comedy grotesques, emotional tenderness, revelation and depth. Wow. Which are... <laughs> jokes would be nice. I think some jokes, jokes, yeah. Really I think, I'm yeah, sure yeah, that would yeah. be some He's jokes. He's doing your live jokes as well. <laughs> yeah. Jokes, that's but um, I think that um, Stefan Golosevsky does write, and he write emotions very well, so that's very promising. Yeah. Upstart Crow, Ben Elton's Shakespeare comedy. Audience. We're all kind of excited to audience sitcom, is it? Or um, I'm not sure. Um, David Mitchell is he's scared to ever write an audience yeah, sitcom again after the last one. Possibly, but David Mitchell is playing William Shakespeare. Harry Enfield mm-hmm. is his dad. Lisa Tarbuck as his wife. A lot of Shakespeare all, coming up this yeah. year. On that's a uh, that's a good that's a pretty good list though. David Mitchell, Harry yeah. Enfield, and Lisa Tarbuck. Just sort of hoping that this could be a return yeah. to form for Ben yeah. Elton. The casting is, and it's mm. also going back to the sort of 16th century, which was. 
Blackadder's heyday, mm, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so we hope that that they'll he'll ping back into mm-hmm, that. Yes, of course, and there'll be a horrible histories episode on yeah. Shakespeare coming up in April 2016, Excellent. the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. Oh. Yes, so much Shakespeare, and we've got the Bill, which is a very funny horrible histories uh, yeah. movie about Shakespeare. Um, yeah. Now, I gather that, and they are still so desperate to get uh, audience sitcoms, that, um, and now the BBC are reviving a lot of the old sitcoms. Providing mouth-to-mouth. Mouth-to-mouth, yeah, they've got the landmark sitcom season in autumn, mm-hmm. um, yes. so that's six, sort of ostensibly marking 60 years since Hancock's half-hour transferred from radio t- to TV, but I don't think that has matters as much as the fact that they're just looking at um, can they revive old shows such as Porridge. So the Porridge that they're doing is apparently going to be focused around Fletcher's grandson, who is a computer hacker. Mm. And they've also talked about sort of doing keeping up appearances and all kinds of looking at old ideas and new ones. Up Pompeii, you just think of all well, it's plebs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you just think. (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed like a of all the sort of like, oh, we're going to revive all the old great ones, and you think, Mm. yeah, sure, Up Pompeii was a significant show, but you think, yeah, blimey, that one, really? Well, I think that's also. I haven't seen um, Still Open All Hours or whatever the new one is called. Is that is has anyone seen that? Yes, I watched one the other day actually, um, and I thought it was very jolly actually. I thought. I didn't when they brought it back the Christmas one I didn't really go for particularly but I just watched one the other day and just thought oh this is fine yeah. this is good yeah. but again they get really big audiences don't yeah. they and um, yeah. it's that instantly recognisable concept and I think a lot of these revivals will sort of um, survive or fall on their casting and if they've mm. got somebody great who can really take on those roles or mm. variations of those roles then they'll really be great but but it's a sort of proceed with caution yeah. type thing isn't it yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much for uh, showing us what we've got ahead. And of course, you know, there's a there's a listener out there uh, who is writing what's going to be on eventually in 2017. Mm. Um, or, we hope. We hope. We certainly do hope so. And maybe one of us will write something. Who knows? <laughs> yes, we hope that too. Yeah. Very much. I hope it doesn't take me 15 years to get another sitcom on TV. Mm. That would be quite annoying. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Alex, for that. Uh, Look ahead, and thanks again to uh, James. A pleasure. And Katie Story, our producer. Thank you. Thanks again to the Soho Theatre for the uh, use of their room. And uh, don't forget, you can uh, contact us, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Send us your scripts or ask us any questions. Uh, like us on Facebook. Just like us, we're needy. <laughs> yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter, and uh, look forward to uh, lots more podcasts in 2016. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.